Are you, I wonder, an expert on anything? Um, I'm not really an expert on anything, really, except maybe one thing. That's gates. I feel as though I am an expert when it comes to gates. Uh, I've, I've made plenty, I've fixed plenty and mended plenty, and uh, I've been a farmer, I've gone through thousands and thousands of gates in my lifetimes, because without gates, farmers would be in trouble. We rely so much on them. If we forget to close a gate, then cows and sheep would be on the road or in people's gardens, and uh, yes, that's happened a time or two. Not by me, of course, I always shut a gate, uh, but uh, there we go. Um, if, we, if we forget to close a the gate, then cows and sheep, they will be uh, on, uh, in, in um, cornfields, they will be mixing with the bull before the right time. So we rely so much on gates. Gates are vital, they're vital. You cannot farm without gates. I remember once ear tagging a young calf in one of our fields one time when all of a sudden its nasty tempered mother just appeared behind me out of nowhere. I could feel a hot breath at the back of my neck and it chased after me and it ran me straight out of the field. And I remember just before it caught up with me, I grabbed the gate behind me and shut it quickly. So. Uh, it, it was almost like a, a scene from Tom and Jerry or, or something like that. It was, it was quite comical, but not at the time. Uh, but you could understand that I was glad of the gate. I was thankful for the gate being there. And Jesus uses this, gate, uh, this image here, doesn't he, of the gate. And my question to you this evening, as hopefully we'll see, is are you thankful for the gate? Are you thankful for the gate? Do you know it's only through him we are saved and have uh, an eternal hope? We have eternal life through Jesus. Do you recognize his love and his care for you? Do you know he's the way? Do you know to follow him? And so we're going to look at three things this evening taken from John chapter 10. First of all, Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Jesus said, I am the gate in verse 7 and 9. Indeed, it's my title of what I'm speaking on tonight. Second, Jesus exposes the false teachers, the Pharisees who claim that Jesus isn't the way. There's another way, but their way is a false way. Jesus actually calls them thieves and robbers in verses 1 and 8 and 10. And finally, Jesus is the one that true believers follow. That's my last point. The sheep follow him and recognize his voice. It's there in verse 4. So let's look first of all at Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Verse 7 and 9, look down with me, you'll see. Jesus says, I am the gate. To set the scene here, we have Jesus and we have the Pharisees who are religious men who hate Jesus. They, they are self-righteous, they're judgmental, they're hypocrites, they're bitter People who are on Jesus' case because he has just healed a blind man on the Sabbath. And despite who Jesus is, they reject him and dismiss his claims because they are not, because they are blind themselves to see that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God. And so here in chapter 10, Jesus is exposing their falsehood and in turn telling them by using these metaphors that 
who he is. He is the gate, and they are the thieves and robbers. And his followers, those who love and follow him, they are the sheep. And it's through him, through Jesus, they have eternal life. The fact that Jesus uses these illustrations of, of sheep and shepherds and sheep pens wasn't, I don't think, an alien concept to these Pharisees. They were familiar with sheep and shepherds, and they're familiar, familiar with sheep pens. Jerusalem was a market town. Sheep would be passing through there regularly. It's not like Chesterfield. If you wanted to see sheep being sold in Derbyshire, you would have to go to Bakewell on a Monday. And if anyone fancies doing that, then I'm more than happy to take them. Sheep in Jesus' day would be sold on the streets. They would be a familiar sight, both in the towns and also on the surrounding hillsides. Plus, they were all familiar with sheep and shepherds from knowing the scriptures that speak a lot about them. And so sheep and sheep pens was a great illustration by Jesus. I work a lot with sheep, but our pens and our farm look a lot different to their sheep pens that are in the Middle East. I don't know if you've ever seen Middle Eastern sheep pens uh, or read about them or seen them on television programs. Um, our sheep pens are made from galvanized metal. They're, they're made from box section and angle iron. Very different to the ones in the Middle East that are built of stone and they're high enough so sheep can't jump out of them. And believe me, sheep can jump. They certainly can jump. Uh, an old trick my dad used was he always used to put sheep in the neighbor's field because they knew by the morning they would have jumped into the back into the right field. <clears throat> so the Middle East, so, so in Jesus' day, the, the, the pens, they were round, they were made of stone and they're high enough so nothing could jump out. If the sheep pen was in a town or a city, the shepherd would pay someone to watch over the sheep and this person was known as the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper. If the pen was up in the hills or out in the countryside, the shepherd wouldn't pay a gatekeeper because there'd be no gatekeeper around. So he himself would lay down in the entrance. So in effect, the shepherd would be the gate. So now we can see in this passage the link between the gate and the shepherd. And Jesus here states that he is both. But for today, we're going to look at Jesus being the gate, although my last point, I will be touching on Jesus the shepherd. So the shepherd lay across the gateway or the entrance to the pen where they could watch over the sheep, care for them and protect them from wild animals and from anything that wanted to enter the sheep pen. The shepherd was the gate. This is, of course, a wonderful illustration Jesus uses as he talks to the Pharisees. In other words, Jesus is the gate, the only means of salvation that all people, including us, Today must enter through. He is the only point of entry into the kingdom of God. The fact that we were without hope. We were sinners deserving of God's wrath and eternal judgment. Nothing we can do or can ever do make amends for our sins. All of us have at some point turned our back on God who is altogether holy. He is perfect. He is righteous. He is the God of the universe. And yet, God in his mercy and his love and his grace gave us his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, taking all our sin and died in our place. 
taken our debt. And so through Jesus, we who have wronged God can be forgiven and can enjoy our Father in heaven and have that wonderful hope of eternal life. It's all because of Jesus. He being perfect and righteous was the only one acceptable to God. He came down to this earth, died that death we deserve and rose again three days later. And prove that he is all that he says he is. He is the son of God. And if we know him and believe in him, then we can be forgiven. If we come to Jesus. This is what it means to come through the gate. It's only through him we are saved. We come through Jesus. Later on in John's gospel, John chapter 14 verse 16. Jesus affirms this by saying to his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is but one way. Who do you see Jesus as tonight? Do you see him as a good man? Do you see him just as a historical person? Someone you think maybe he was someone special but never really thought much about it or bothered looking much into who he is or what he has done? Don't overlook or make light of Jesus. He is the only way, the gate in which we cannot afford to reject. Without him, there is no hope. Look at verse 9 with me. Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. There is a heaven to get in and there's a hell to avoid. And hell is a real place. Jesus came so you wouldn't have to go there. All we are required to do is to come to Jesus, come through him. And it's through him, it's through Jesus we are saved. And this is basically what Jesus is saying to these Pharisees here in chapter 10. The problem was that they didn't recognize Jesus as the gate. Look at verse 6 with me. It says, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus from verse 7 to 10 basically reinforces what he has been saying from the beginning. He is the gate and he is the only way and their way, the Pharisees' way, is the wrong way. Their way is the false way. The Pharisees convince themselves there's, a, there's another way to inherit eternal life. They thought they would get to heaven by keeping their laws, their rituals, their self-righteous routines. Earning a way, if you like, to salvation by what it is that they do. But there's nothing that they can do. There's nothing that we can do. No matter how much we try, no matter how many times we come to church, no matter how good we are, We can never earn our way to salvation. Jesus has done it all for us on the cross. The Pharisees' idea of earning salvation was false. And because of this, they were false teachers because they taught this. And we'll see this next as we see Jesus exposes the false teachers. Look at verse 1 with me. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The sheep are those who love and follow the shepherd. They follow Jesus. And the thieves and the robbers are the false teachers. In this case, they're the Pharisees who hate the truth. They hate Jesus. They, they want others to look to them for guidance, not Jesus. And they carry on blinding those and turning many away from the only means to eternal life. The only means of a relationship with the God of the universe. Jesus here in verse 1 is basically exposing the Pharisees and calling them out of thieves and robbers in front of probably many, many people who gathered around them on the street that day. Their outside appearance may seem righteous and holy, but inside they were full of dead men's bones. 
They distort the truth and try and steal and prevent those who need to hear it. They are just like thieves and robbers. They don't recognize the gate. They stay well clear of the gate. And because they are deceptive, they try and turn others away from the gate. They try and turn others away from Jesus. Many of you know that I work on Haddon Estate. And a guy I work with was telling me a story uh, that a few years ago at Haddon, uh, it was robbed. And some antique and very expensive tapestries were stolen. But the thieves and the robbers, they didn't come through the main entrance. That's 16 pounds a ticket, I suppose you wouldn't do, really. But they didn't come through the main entrance. They came in from the back. They came in over the fields, over a high wall. And they broke in somewhere in the back and they snuck in. And that's what thieves and robbers do. They sneak in. They totally avoid coming in through the main entrance. Jesus says that the Pharisees are thieves and robbers. In other words, they are false teachers who climb into the sheep pen. They sneak in. And we must be careful when it comes to false teachers. They were not just around in Jesus' day, but throughout history, even today, we need to be people who recognize when people are distorting the gospel. We have got to be careful that such people do not break in and, and try to sneak into our lives and to the lives of those that we know and love. As God uses people to advance his kingdom through the proclamation of the truth, so the devil uses people to advance his cause against the kingdom of Christ. Because if it's not the truth, then it's from the devil. We need to know what we're dealing with when it comes to false teachers. The devil's very subtle, isn't he? In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 to 15, it says, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. This is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. The Apostle Paul there writing to the church facing this problem with thieves and robbers. Satan is using these false teachers to advance his cause against the kingdom of Christ. Be careful with these people. The best way to guard yourself against these people are, and their false teaching is to know the truth. Ask yourself, do what they say, do what they preach, do what they proclaim, does it match up with scripture? Can what they say be backed up with the word of God? Is what they're saying is it biblical truth? Do they recognize the gospel and that Jesus really is what he says he was and is and is to come? Do they live by the gospel truth that Jesus is, is equal with God the Father, part of the triune God, that he's God himself that came down to this earth and died bearing our sins and rose again and is alive today? Do they really know Jesus or do they elevate other prophets above it then? above Jesus? Do they even elevate themselves above Jesus and distort the Bible to gain wealth and con others by asking for, for money because they believe, according to the Bible, everyone should be wealthy and everyone should be extremely healthy and by donating your life savings, you can have your best life ever and you can reap an amazing harvest and you don't need to worry about anything. And if giving every penny you have and you still haven't got money and you still haven't got a perfectly healthy body, then it's because you just don't have enough faith. 
And so a couple of thousand pounds donation, well, that, that should sort it out for you. The thing is, these prosperity teachers, they are thieves and robbers. They're liars. The, the Bible doesn't mean or say anything that they're pointing to. Be careful even with what you watch on some so-called Christian TV channels. Be careful of anything that promotes self-worth and positive attitudes that turn the focus of God and all onto ourselves. This way of thinking brings Jesus lower and elevates ourselves higher. Watch out for pastors who call themselves life coaches. I mean, what? <laughs> life coaches. There are certainly people we need to be asking questions over, aren't they? There are people who turn others away from the truth, away from the gate. They look to the will to satisfy when who we need above all is Jesus. Because when we have Jesus, all other things don't even come close to satisfying us. All other things they don't even come in, to com in comparison because Jesus met all our needs at the cross. And because Jesus met all our needs at the cross, he is enough for us. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 warns us against these kinds of false teachers. He calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. He, he actually says they, mean, they, they may claim to be part of the flock, part of the true believers of Christ, but they will try to cause damage and lead you away from what's right and what's true. If you're still unsure about anything, unsure if someone is a wolf, a thief, or a false teacher, then ask, ask a pastor, ask, ask our elders. That's what they're there for, to help and guide and steer you in what's true and what's biblically right. So do be careful of those who try to sneak in, who steal and rob with deception. And look to Jesus, the one we enter through and believe in. By knowing Jesus and growing in him, through the Holy Spirit, we will recognize the truth because he is the truth. And that's why we believe and follow Jesus. If we follow Jesus, then we belong to him. And if we belong to him, then we recognize his voice. Which leads me to... Um, my last point, that Jesus is the one that true believers follow. Jesus is the one that true believers follow. Look at verses 2 to 4 with me. It says, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the shepherds listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And this is the question, isn't it? Do you recognize the voice of Jesus? Do you recognize the voice of the shepherd? It's not an audible voice. Somebody says it's not an audible voice. It's much louder. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's working and helping you to know what's right and true. It is recognizing the will of God to come to church and listen to what God is saying through the preaching of his word. It is to have a heart, a life that follows Jesus, submitted to him as we live under his rule and blessings. To give him praise and worship as we make him Lord and master of all and number one in our lives. God speaks to us through his word, the Bible, where it tells us how to live and equips us for everything that's good and right. To know his voice is to recognize when the Holy Spirit convicts us of wrong that we have done, as we are sorry and we're thankful that God has forgiven us through Jesus. 
And so to follow Jesus is to recognize his voice, the voice of the shepherd. If you trust and follow him, then you recognize his voice. And because you recognize him, and the calling that's true, then you know the difference between when someone is genuine servant of Christ and when someone has distorted the gospel and is in fact a false teacher. Look at verse 5 with me. It's talking about the sheep who are the true believers. It says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not know his voice. And those who have left the Christian faith, how sad it is. And we may know people who have done this and may be believing in something else now or or maybe a false religion, or maybe uh, they're just living part of uh, just the rest of the world, an unbelieving world, proves that they were never part of the sheepfold to begin with. Because once we believe and submit totally to him, we are completely saved. Because Jesus loses none that come through him. John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that, has, that he has given to me. If we are true believers, then we know his voice. One of uh, my jobs in farming is lambing. And it's a 24-hour job, really. And it has been known during the night. I fall asleep for an hour, maybe two. And uh, you can guarantee that while I'm asleep, you can guarantee it, a ewe has lambed. And you could also guarantee that that ewe has lost its lamb amongst 200 sheep that's in the shed. So how do I know which lamb belongs to its mother. So I do something rather clever, or clever for me anyway. I, I pick the lamb up and I take it away from the rest of the sheep and I put it in the corner of the shed or if sometimes in the field I do the same, put it in the corner and then I just walk and then walk back and then, then I just wait. I just wait. And it's not long till the lamb starts calling out to its mum. And its mum hears its own lamb's voice. It ignores everything else, but recognizes its own lamb's voice. And it follows it. And soon they are reunited. And then I just pen them up then. And then I know I could watch over them then, look after them, because I know they're safe. And they're together and they're reunited. But the thing is, the you recognized its lamb's voice and followed it. And it's what we do. We recognize the voice of the one that we love. I remember losing my mum once in boots when I was little. And what a relief it was when I heard her voice calling out to me from the lipstick aisle. She was in the lipstick aisle, not me. Uh, and I recognized her voice. It, what a relief it was. And we do. We recognize the voice of the one that we love. And my question is again, do you recognize the voice of the shepherd? I pray that you do. If we recognize Jesus and his voice as we see him and believe in him and follow him, 
then we are thankful for the cost of him dying on the cross to save us and giving us new life and an eternal inheritance. Verse 10, look down with me. It says, the thief comes only to steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what Jesus said. If we trust and believe and follow Jesus, then God has given us new life and we are safe and we are cared for and safe from anything that the world can throw at us because we are cared for by Jesus. We are his sheep under his care. We have an eternal inheritance with him. It has been secured. But we will never see or have this hope if we turn away, if we reject him. We will never have this hope if we never enter through the gate. And so as we draw to a close, do you know Jesus? We think this time of year, baby being born, the son of God coming into the world for the purpose of saving sinners. What are you going to do with Jesus? Is he someone that you just get out of a box at Christmas time, and you put on your mantelpiece with the rest of the nativity scene. And then after Christmas, pack him away, and then never thought of for the rest of the year, and just rejected. Or do you see him as the only means of salvation? John chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, it says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you received him this evening? Have you received Jesus or are you rejecting the gate? Rejecting the only means of being part of God's family, part of an eternal inheritance, eternal life. This Christmas, I hope you understand that the gate was born, lived a perfect life and died And so through him, we can be saved. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the good news of Christmas. Shall we we pray? And we pray, Father, that we will be people who know and recognize you. That we will know and understand that it's through Jesus we are saved. We're forgiven. We thank you for Jesus. May this Christmas time be a time of thankfulness and a time of rejoicing in this wonderful truth. We pray this in your name.